preaching about uh, <coughs> O. Theophilus, a man that I have never preached about before, but he is the individual, probably Greek, uh, that Luke wrote his two letters to. Uh, one was called the Gospel of Luke, the other one was called the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, some people believe it was all one letter. Some believe that he was a young man that um, had a religious bent, hence his name Theophilus, Theo, meaning God, Phyllis, uh, the last part of that, meaning um, uh, a friend of God, basically a friend. Uh, and Luke wrote a letter to him and he started it in Acts and he began to tell him what he was going to write about. Uh, he started the book of Luke the same way to excellent Theophilus. So we have an idea that he may have been an important individual and he may have been a leader of some sort. We don't know exactly where he was from. Some writers have said he was from Antioch where they were first called Christians. Some say he was from Thessaloniki or Niki and others have said that he might have been originally from Athens. But Luke begins to talk to him and he records uh, he mentions the miracles of the Lord and what happened and that this began uh, by Jesus, of all that Jesus began to teach and to do. He, that's the way he opens the book of Acts. And it's amazing because here was a Jewish guy who was born basically in poverty. He was the son of a carpenter. Didn't start preaching until he was 30 years of age. Preached only about three and a half years. Was crucified. Uh, the resurrected part is a miracle. And of course, um, he says that, you know, this gospel is going to be preached to the uttermost. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And it's come true. It's a fact. It's happened. And you can say, well, uh, it's all uh, crazy. It's all uh, hogwash. It's all whatever word you want to put to it. Unfortunately, it's real. It's happened. And you say, well, you know, not every church and the Christian churches and I get it. And yet we realize that what Luke was trying to say to Theophilus was that there were miracles that happened and Jesus had done miracles and now we are the recipient of miracles. And I, I think it was, it's good to note and as we look around from Brother Reagan and others and I, I just, you can't go a pew, you can't go very far and you go miracle, 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 miracle. And you say, well, that's what Jesus was all about. That's what the early church was all about. And that's how they responded. They believed that at any point the resurrecting power of the Lord could do the miraculous in their lives. And we read uh, where, uh, how it changed and transformed 
Peter, uh, Simon Peter, who was this individual who was afraid, who didn't want to, who was stressed out, and yet he, this is where I sort of ended, here he is uh, preaching on the day of Pentecost. He is the one that is saying, uh, standing up in the midst of them, saying, these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. We also talked about how the, that uh, normal human uh, things could not stop the move of the gospel, what the transformation that happened in Saul and how he was knocked down on the road to Damascus. And I, I can tell you, we have stories today and, and it, we don't have to go far back into history, years and years and years, but where missionaries, and uh, uh, some of you may remember, uh, I, I think it, their last, uh, uh, I, there was a group of four or five missionaries that went down into some tribe in South America and they were all killed and yet uh, they, they, they were, uh, you know, they came back and, and it already the gospel, there were converts that were there when they went back however many years later. Why? Because you cannot stop this message. The Lord is going to have a church. We know he's going to have a church. I can be a part of the church. And I realize, you say, well, you know, are you saying that your church is the only church? And no, I, by no means am I saying that our church is the only church. But I want to tell you, whether you're online or whether you're here tonight, if your church doesn't preach what the early church preached and believed, you need to find a new church because the early church preached. You need to repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name and that you too can experience your own personal Pentecost. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The resurrection power. And yet this was preached by a man who was afraid of a lady denied the crucifixion while the night of he was going before trial. And yet and I read this this morning, and this is the slide I stopped on. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Simon Peter rose up and said, you men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem. You continue reading there in that second chapter, and you, you, he preaches an entire sermon. And it's amazing because Simon Peter was a fisherman, and he was not a biblical scholar. He was not a guy that had studied any more than just up until age 13 or 14. He, wasn't a, he was not a, a Simeon that was in the temple. He was not a guy that knew all of the, the uh, you know, Paul was the guy that had studied at the feet of Gamaliel. Paul was the guy that was the brilliant guy. Simon was uh, just a, a, a rough crude fisherman you know he would I maybe I shouldn't say this but he'd get mad and he'd let his mouth fly off and huh I'm just quoting what the Bible said about him you know he was the guy that I'll pull a sword out and cut this guy's ear he's impulsive and rash and rough that's the kind of guy Simon was and yet, I know a woman cowered him. And 
Luke even wrote to Theophilus. He said, let me tell you, it was blowing people's mind when they saw the boldness of Peter and John because they realized they were ignorant, unlearned, and they marveled. Something transformed them. That's why I'm here to tell you that this is not I know Christianity, and you can have every flavor of Christian, and we were raised in a, I was born in a Christian nation, and I'm thankful for America, and I know it no longer, I guess, some people consider it a Christian nation, but, you know, we were settled by people trying to escape persecution and wanting religious freedom, but in reality, Christianity is not a philosophy, and listen to me very carefully, it's not a self-help group, it's not a, a program, it's not something to help the poor, it's not something to help stop uh, uh, evils of the world and we know there are evils in the world whether it's racism and you go through the list and it, it, it shouldn't stop that yes but that's not what it was designed for right. do you understand if you're truly living for God you shouldn't be If you're truly living for God, you ought to, it ought to change you and you be nice and you be kind and you help and you love and you bear one another's burdens and I can go through the list. But that's not, it was not some philosophical, we're going to have the Kiwanis Club, but it was about, it wasn't even good morals. It was about letting God change you. That's the transformation, Theophilus. And Luke began to write, you would have to just, you can't imagine what you saw, what you heard. Theophilus, you don't understand. These were ignorant and unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. That's what the Bible says. They took knowledge of them and they said, something has happened and I want to tell you that same power is still here in 2021 folks can look at you and say I don't understand it but there's something different about you say so, well I, I, I've got a good education and we have people that have a good education and I'm thankful for wonderful education and educated people and all of those wonderful things but I want to tell you that you've got to have something more than a good education you've got to have something more than a good job you've got to have something more you got to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I know somebody will say well I don't see where give me a scripture in fact <clears throat> Sister Savannah asked me this morning, she said, I've been witnessing to somebody. And he said, just show me one verse where it says that you got to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I believe in God, but you know, I just believe that he's, I want to tell you something. It's not a philosophy. Right. Theophilus, this is something that 
that'll transform you. And until you, oh, you say, well, does it affect your mind? Sure. But until you believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, I'm sorry. But that's why when Simon Peter, he wrote, he, it, it, it goes like this. And I know we quote it and it's, it's Pentecost Sunday. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were in one accord and one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues how as the and do you know what they heard them all of these different people that was miraculous because they heard them magnifying God and describing the wonderful works of God and I want to tell you something there have been times that I have actually been in service and maybe you've heard of that I remember we had a, a Finnish exchange student in, in Lone Oak and he, somebody brought him to church and somebody was over there and they were praising the Lord and talking in tongues and his eyes got big and he looked around and he said what is that How, do you have other Finnish people here remember he said What's going on because they've been over there talking about how good God is in Finnish can God still do that today I'm telling you that's how powerful and mighty God is you don't have to see that but one time and realize you know what there's something supernatural about this you don't learn to speak in tongues you don't say I, you know Jesus 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 a hundred times too fast it's out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water I'm telling you it comes from heaven and it flows through us and I I realize. I mean, I, I'll read you some of Simon's sermon, and I know you've probably all read it because it's amazing. On this second chapter of Acts, he starts off by talking about Joel, an Old Testament prophet, and you know how he's going to pour out his spirit. Then he prophesies in his sermon there's going to come a day when the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood. John hadn't even written that book yet called revelation but supernaturally Simon begins to talk about the coming of the great and fearful day of the Lord the Lord's coming again <laughs> and, and he said this phrase whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved we'll talk about that just in a second then he talks about David. David speaks concerning him. And Jesus hath God raised up among we're all witnesses, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. This is what you this is what you now see and hear is the Holy Ghost. And they'd never experienced the Holy Ghost before. They didn't have a book to read about what the well, you know, we will tell folks when you begin to worship God, the Spirit will flow through you. They didn't have that, Theophilus. They just said, go Terry to Jerusalem until you're being doomed with power from on high. What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, what, you, swords appear in our hand? I don't know. 
They had no idea what was going to happen, but they just went and began to pray and just began to worship God and believe the Lord. And day one passed and day two and five and seven and nine and ten. And on the tenth day, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden a wind began to flow through that upper room and they began to speak forth in a heavenly language and dropped out on the street and Simon knew immediately what had happened. He said, I want to tell you what you're seeing and hearing is the promise of the Holy Ghost that the Lord said he was going to pour out on us. Go ahead. I, 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 you've got to understand. And, and he, the next slide says 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter. And I brethren came unto you not with the excellency of speech or man's wisdom. Do you have the new slides that I put up? I said Second thing, because there were about four more. Anyway, after this Corinthians, and I, they're not showing up on my iPad. I don't know if you have the new ones or not. This is the last one that you have, but I have about four more. Sorry. First Corinthians, the second chapter. Paul wrote it like this. I, brethren, when I came unto you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom. And Paul had wisdom. And he said... Declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I am determined not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what happens when you really get the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul said. He said, you know what? I understand. And I, they, Paul knew all about the Old Testament prophecies. And he could preach and teach. And he showed them. And that's good. And, and we do Bible study. And we look through all of that. But I want to tell you. If you really get a hold of Jesus and the power of the resurrection. He said, I'm not, I didn't come here to determine any of that. I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling. My speech were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the... Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have those next slides? Yep, all right. Go for it. Next one. Acts, second chapter. This is back to this sermon. And this is important, Sister Savannah, because Simon said this phrase. That was just spoken by the prophet Joel. He would turn, you know, the sun turned to darkness. And he used that phrase. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so immediately people can go, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Simon said it. Simon Peter. And I believe it. You call on him, he that believeth that he is. Salvation process starts. You keep reading. When they heard the sermon, they said, what shall we do? Right. Simon says, just call on the name of the Lord. And repent. And be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And 
ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying save yourself from this untoward generation now how can I save myself and, and it's hard to imagine this because it's kind of like thinking in terms of, you know, if the house was on fire and the firemen came in and they were going to save as many as they could. I'm either saved or I burn up. But that's not the way it is with Jesus. You call on the name of the Lord. You make a move toward him. He makes a move toward you. Oh, you're willing to ask, tell the Lord you're sorry and repent. All of a sudden, he's willing to make another move toward you. You're baptized in Jesus' name. And that very day, next slide, says there were 3,000 souls added to the church. Now Simon explained this call on the name of the Lord. When he said it, he wrote in his book, the first book, book of Peter, the first chapter and starting at verse 1. You can read through it, the first 10 verses. He says, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. Notice that word. Sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. I want to tell you something. Your flesh doesn't want to obey God. Mine doesn't either. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. That will work on you. Sanctifying you unto obedience. If you let it. Oh I could call on the name of the Lord. But do I have the sanctification of the spirit? <laughs> the spirit. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost. I, I, that's wonderful. I am, I am telling you. It's like saying I got a brand new car. But I don't have any gas for it. It's wonderful to look at. I can go sit in it. But if you want the power. To an inheritance uncorrupt, incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away. Reserved in heaven for you who are kept. Who are kept. Who are kept. How? By the power of God through faith unto Salvation. Salvation is not a once and done act. I call on the name of the Lord and I'm saved. Praise the Lord. I'm going to now have to get the Holy Ghost to be kept, to be obedient. Why? Because I'm going to face some trials. And the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perished. Though it be tried by fire. might be how, how can you praise the Lord in the midst of what you're going through? How do you praise the Lord in life? Brother Penrod's been through three. Got three. How do you keep saying, I still love you, Jesus? Yeah. How do you keep praising? 
How do you keep praising when the doctor comes back? How do you keep under glory and honor? The only way that I know is that you have to stay full of the Holy Ghost because there's no way on earth you can do it by my might or my power. Go ahead, next slide. And he says, at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom know now you see him and yet believing, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, oh, even the My soul gets hammered. I know people's souls have been hammered by COVID and stress. And the only thing I can know, tell you is you're going to have to keep letting the Holy Ghost flow. It's the only thing that'll save your soul. It's the only thing that'll wash you. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Why? Because there's a process. Though you call on the name of the Lord, the Lord, you ask the Lord, the man, that's great, believe that he is, but you are called. And then the Bible uses the word justified. We call it sanctified, justified, whichever you can maybe split hairs and there's a little difference between justified, just like it never happened, and sanctification, which is the cleansing. That's what the Holy Ghost is doing, washing, trying to convict me, trying to get me right, trying to work on me. One day, I'm hoping to be glorified. How? Oh, by staying full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, and you know, we have a service like we had this morning and tonight, and we feel the earnest. We feel a taste of the glory. And people don't understand that. They go, I don't get why you get so excited and why you, you know, swing from the chandeliers and bite the ceiling. Because we're feeling a taste of the glorification that's coming. Oh, let me show you. Simon wasn't the only one. He said it like this. You are a chosen generation, a royal, the next chapter over, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Paul wrote about it in Romans when he said it like this and we know now that all things work together for them that love the Lord to them that are called according to his purpose to him that for whom he did foreknow he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son now what does that mean that means that when the Lord made mankind Adam and Eve he wanted him in his image and in his likeness. But he wanted all of us to be kings and priests, to walk in the cool of the garden, to feel his presence all the time. 
But guess what? Adam and Eve sinned and it all the whole testament was written trying to get us back into that relationship with almighty God where we could walk with him every day in the cool of the day isn't that a powerful and I know it's Sunday night and you're here but you know you know what I'm talking about how that just no matter how the day is gone you can just stop and just say you know sit down in your chair take out your Bible and just begin to turn and I know what I'm talking about. Just in a few moments as I read through the word. Huh? As I... I start saying, Lord, I love you. I thank you. I feel the enveloping power of Almighty God. He said those that we were predestined to be conformed to his image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he then calls. Whom he calls, he justified whom he justified he also glorified what shall we say to these things then if if God is on my side I don't care what the doctors or anybody else says one day I had my own personal Pentecost <laughs> and because I had my Pentecost I want you to understand I know if God's on my side hallelujah. let's just stand hallelujah oh hallelujah 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 You've never had the Holy Ghost. Tonight's a great night to get it. Oh, hallelujah. If those of you that feel like it comfortable, come. We're going to worship a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.